on Beyond the OR, Dr. B will take you beyond plastic surgery. Listen as he talks with doctors, friends, people who have inspired him along the way, and patients whose lives he's changed with your host, Dr. Kevin Brenner. Hi, so here we are in the studio with Dr. Kevin Brenner. We are starting a new podcast, and Dr. Brenner is a double board certified plastic surgeon. The podcast is called Beyond the OR with Dr. B. That is our loving way that we call Dr. Brenner. So, Dr. Brenner, welcome to your own show. (laughs) Good to have me. (laughs) So, tell me, what made you want to do the podcast? Um, Well, interesting. I I have a very fortunate position in my job. I, I get to interact with people from all walks of life. And it's it's just very interesting. I, there's many, many times, I mean, I'm supposed to be focused on medicine and surgery and post-operative care and all that when I see patients in the office, but I interface with people and sometimes I just come in, I come in the room and I'll sit down and we start talking and get completely off subject. And I'm just find myself interested learning about their story and their background and, 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 what got them to my office in the first place, really nothing about the actual procedure that, they're, that they need, want, et cetera. And, um, and so I just thought this was a, a really cool avenue to kind of dive deeper into people's backgrounds. Well, and I love it. Not only that, you have a very dry wit about you, I got to say, which is kind of funny. <laughs> A lot of interesting people that um, just on the roster of guests that you're going to have in the future, we have everything from huge attorneys to doctors, writers, comedy writers. I mean, it's all these people, interesting people that you've met along the way. Plus, let's be real, you have a face for TV. Oh, wow. You're too too kind. I will never argue with you. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, when I was... When I was a, a wee medical student, I interfaced with um, an attending. An attending is like a supervising physician. Right. Um, and actually, when I, when I went to medical school, I, I intended to become a pediatrician. I never thought I would oh, be a plastic surgeon. I didn't know that. And so I was on my pediatrics rotation, and, I, and I, I still to this day can picture this attending. We'd go on rounds, and he was, he was just this, you know, regal kind of personality and uh and he used to say he said i i will always find people interesting as long as i'm interested in people so and and i just for whatever reason that is always stuck with me and um you know because there's so much more to every single individual that you interact with than than i get in my 10 minute visit in the office Right. As a ex-patient or patient of yours, I got to say did that... Did you quit already? No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I Fired. pulled back really quick. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Like you go in and a lot of times when you're going to the doctor, everything is kind of presentational and you never get to really know the doctor on a personal level, you know, or, or see snips of their person, personality. It's, it's basically very 
you know, cut and dry, cut and dry. And so I, I feel like you have this great demeanor too. like, there's, there's a comfort when you go to your office, there's a feeling of you're being heard, you know, and you bring that little bit of that wit, that humor, that's always good, especially when you're in a doctor's office, that little wit, that humor really makes a patient feel good. I mean, I appreciate that. I try, I really do try the, um, you know, I've always, always been very aware, cognizant of bedside manner. I think it's it's so important, and um, it's something that I, I really, I guess now subconsciously, but have consciously worked on my entire career. Um, and you know, you notice it. I mean, I've been a patient too, and I hear doctors are the worst patients traditionally, but I'm actually. Pretty good. Are you? I'm actually a pretty okay. good patient. I'm a good surgery patient. I do. I, I do ask okay your afterwards. <laughs> uh, you can ask them. I'll give them the numbers. Um, I, if I get a cold, forget it. Then you're. A big but like, baby. if I have to have surgery, it's it's not a big deal. <laughs> um, the but like, there's you know I've had serious things in the hospital and and there's a there's a distinct difference. I mean I am keenly aware of it of how nurses behave and how residents behave and how attendings behave and um it's like when you're when you don't know i mean even as a surgeon when you are the patient it the whole dynamic shifts even though i'm very aware of everything you're not in control of anything right and that for a virgo plastic surgeon (laughs) that is like the death knell to not be a virgo Uh, uh, aka control Oh, yeah. Like OC, OCD, <laughs> yes. 100%. Oh, my God. So, Dr. Barton, you went from pediatrics, like that was originally what you wanted, right? That was my intent. I never intent. I never actually Why plastic that. surgery? And on top of that, you're double board certified. What does that mean? What it means is that you've, you've taken the steps to become basically certified in your specialty of interest. Right. Um, and, you know, if... If I'm being perfectly candid, any physician that you go to should be certified in their specialty because it means that they did a, a, a residency that, that they went to medical school then they completed a residency that was a, a legitimate residency certified by the, what's the, there's a governing body called the ACGME um, that certifies all residencies in the United States. And it just means that it's approved because they have certain criteria in terms of what you need to learn, how many hours you have to put in, what tests you have to do, you know, all the hurdles. Um, and then also pass the board certification. So there's, you know, it just shows that you, that you have learned a minimum, at, at least a minimum amount of material, if you will, to be considered safe in that specialty. And, that, and you know, that's, you just want to meet the standard of care. And why plastic surgery? Like, what so, led you down well, that road? So, so I, I went when I was a medical student. I did my. I actually got very interested in surgery in general from my roommate at the time. Who, you know, we, we, uh, I, my mom passed away when I was my third year of medical school. So I took some time off. So my whole third year of medical school, the, my whole schedule got messed yeah, up. Wow. And. And well, so wait, my, can I stop and say yeah. that having a, a traumatic experience like that in the medical, middle of medical school, I mean, that in itself, just having to deal with something like that is hard. I can't even imagine 
going to medical school and having to deal with that, with the death of your mom, how did that affect you? Uh, yeah, it wasn't easy, but at the same time, she had been sick for, she had been started to get sick before I was, when I was in my senior year of college. And so she knew that I wanted to do this. I was in Chicago. She was in Los Angeles. And she, she just knew that I wanted to do this. She wanted me to do this. And she insisted that, that I, I mean, I was actually going to postpone medical school um, for a year or two. And she was adamantly against it and said, under no circumstances. She's like, you've been trying to do this. This is what you've been wanting to do for so long. You were, you got in, you are going, you're doing it. Oh, what and a so, gift she so, gave you. So even, you know, I, I mean, I took some time off when she got really ill um, so I could spend it with her. And, but even with that, like I, I knew that she wanted me to do it. So a, after she passed away, I, I was, I mean, I took off that six week period of time, which was like one rotation. And then I was back, back in Chicago and, um, and so my surgery rotation got kicked to my very last rotation. Cause that was the rotation I was supposed to be on when I took time off. And so I ended up doing it and I really just, I just love the aspect of it. I, I love the fact that at least where I trained the hospital and medical school that I trained at, it's like the surgeons were the bomb. Like it was like, you know, when all hell's when all hell broke loose, when there was no one else to call, it was always like surgery was the last resort. Like, Grey's Anatomy. But, but, it, <laughs> it, but, but there's some, you know, in a hospital setting, there's, there's a lot of truth to that in terms of like, you know, primary care, other specialists, all important, like super important. But like when someone's really ill and you don't know what's going on, and sometimes, sometimes you just need to have surgery. And, um, and they just felt like the surgeons were always kind of in control. They were it. And I was like, that's what I want to do. They were the cool kids. And, and I just knew. And there's, there's a lot of, I'm very technical. I'm very um, creative. Uh, always, always have been into photography and uh, woodworking and stuff growing up. Very artistic because I think there's an art form to plastic surgery. There is, there is to plastic surgery. Yeah. And also you do a lot of reconstructive. Right. And there's a lot, that, that takes a very creative eye as well. Very in, artistic in, in guy, yeah. yeah. It does. Yeah. Are you the only doctor in your family? I'm in the only doctor in my immediate family. My, uh, I, have, I have a very chaotic Brady Bunch-ish family because <laughs> I, you know, I grew up with my, my mom. My parents divorced when I was three. I grew up with my mom and my, and my older brother. Uh, we moved to Beverly Hills, and we were in this tiny little apartment, and my mom— met this fabulous guy and got remarried when I was about six. And, and so and then my dad remarried this later that year, they had a kid together. My stepdad had previously been married, has four kids. So I have two stepbrothers, two stepsisters. Oh I have God. a half brother. I have my full brother. And, and then after my mom passed away, my stepdad remarried his wife, who I'm very close with now, was previously married with four kids, so they have like twenty-one grandkids. You really it's, are the Brady like, Bunch, yeah, plus, and plus the Brady Bunch plus because it's more than six, yeah, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> we couldn't even fit in those boxes. <laughs> yeah. Most people watching this are not even going to know what I'm it's, talking about. It's wordly. Like, like, <laughs> what, what is that? What? Word, word. I, you know, I'm Cuban. Wordle? So, yeah, Wordle. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Wordle. Are you really? I'm obsessed with Wordle. There's now Wordle 2, which apparently there was a lawsuit, so it's Word Hurdle. Oh, six God. letters. Don't even and get Quirtle, which is four different words at the same time. You and, know what that and now my friend got me turned on to spelling bee. I don't know if you know this is through the New York Times. You're asking a dyslexic well, if they <laughs> No, I can do word find, but that's about okay. it. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. Remember I told you when you get emails from me, don't judge. I, I <laughs> I'm dyslexic. I never do. I never do. <laughs> so Dr. Brennan, what can the listeners expect to hear? Like I love this doctor side of you because you have these two, um, like you have an alter ego. Like you have this very professional doctor, you know, uh, reconstructive surgeon, plastic surgeon, double board certified. And then there's this like really cool other side to you also, which is you are an amazing cook. You love to travel. You are athletic. I mean, you're a fountain of information. Well, I mean, wow, that's... (laughs) When you put it on paper, it yeah, sounds you're good. like, ah, I sound um, good. Yeah, I do because it's you know I I work very hard, but I work very hard so that I can provide for my family. I, I've always said I, all I care about is keeping a roof over my head and food on the table for my kids and getting them through school. And I have two girls, and that's yeah, oh, you're outnumbered. Two, one, one and one soon to be teenager, and. Yeah, it's um, that's gonna be fun. So that's that's really my primary goal, and you know, it, it goes so quickly, as you know. And I'm trying right now. I'm really, fo- I'm very much very busy with work, but also want to spend as much time with them now while they still want to be friendly with me. <laughs> well, I, pretty then, soon they're gonna be off to college, and be, they're gonna be like, ya. "Dad, drop me off the corner." I, my son is going to college, and. I've called my girlfriend, Farah and all I've done is ball on the phone. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Like, oh. you, we're like this, all three of us, you know. I mean, it's it's all boys in my house except for me. Even my dogs are boys. I don't so. want to impose, but when I went, I went to Wisconsin for undergraduate, and my my mom and my stepdad flew me out. We flew to, flew to Chicago, drove to Madison. They got me checked in in the dorm and all that. And say goodbye. And did she fall out? My, my my mom was hysterically crying the entire drive back to Chicago and the flight back to Los Angeles. Oh. <laughs> she, uh, she was a mess. <laughs> I'm Cuban, so it's going to be a telenovela. Whatever Aiden's school he's going to go to, they're going to be like, your mom is really dramatic. But it's all yeah. going to be coming from a real place. I'm like, I'm a mess. Like I don't know how I'm going to deal be okay. with it. It's going to be okay. I know. I just have to stay busy. (laughs) Yeah. We'll keep you busy. Okay. I love that. So if you had one word to describe yourself, because you have all these facets, what word comes to mind? Wow. That's a good one. Um, I've never thought of that before. One word? Uh, There's more than one. I know, but let's, let's. So give me multiple. Which one do you identify with the most? I would say creative. Ah, that was my first thought. Um, honest, dependable, um, intelligent, trust, good looking, right? trustworthy, <laughs> right? 
um, th- those were not even <laughs> in the top ten. Uh, I mean, I, I you know, I, I think, I, I think, and I think people closest to me think that I'm very real. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of, um, of nonsense in my business, especially in Beverly Hills. Exactly. I mean, there's just, there's just a lot of craziness and I really, I really try to keep it real because at the end of the day, I am a physician before I'm anything. I'm physician and then surgeon and then a plastic surgeon. And, um, and a lot of people forget that, especially when they see various things on television and movies and documentaries and like rea- you know some of these reality shows they forget that what we do is a real surgery b has you know lots of risk associated with it just like any other surgical procedure even though most of the patients are relatively healthy i mean a lot of my patients are not i mean i especially with with all my patients who have breast implant illness there's a lot of um uh, well, there's problems a, there's a lot of everything problem. I mean, that that's like a I could write a book about all, all the different things that can happen, and um, and and people forget that it's not just like you know hop, skip, and a jump. Come in and have a facelift and leave. Sometimes it is, but uh, yeah. But, but it's 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 real surgery. I mean, you know, the the genesis of plastic surgery was not cosmetic surgery. It was reconstruction that came out of. You know, World War II, when people were, when soldiers were really getting seriously injured, but able to survive some of these injuries, and then plastic surgeons came in to kind of, you know, fix their wounds. Right. That's really really the genesis of it. So it it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be, you know, any of these reality TV shows. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, uh, and, and, and. There's something to be said. What I love the most about your practice is it's natural. All of your work looks very natural, aesthetically beautiful, but natural as opposed to a lot of times you see somebody, and I'm all about the natural. I say every woman wants to do something because, like, aging gracefully for me means I'm going to do something. I mean, but you don't want to look like you've had all this stuff. A lot of times it makes you look even older. Done or weird. No, yeah. I, I agree because there's a lot of that. Happening. So you see these 30-year-old girls and you're like, what, are they 30 or 50? You know, you can't you can't tell how old they are. Especially in entertainment, especially in Los Angeles because there's a lot of pressure when you have I mean, I, I've had taken care of patients who are homeless up to billionaires and everything in between and there's a lot of pressure, especially with celebrities, because uh, a lot of celebrities think that they think that they know, or they just or just have it made up in their mind, and and a lot of people kind of cave to that. I mean, that's that's ultimately that's why Michael Jackson died in you know getting propofol in his home is because that's crazy. They you know this this doctor caved to his to his desire, and. Um, I'm not. I'm not willing to compromise that. Well, and and that's really important because there is. I, I remember uh, when I was younger going to a plastic surgeon, and you, you really are 
and so in tune, but you know, he was like, Oh, it's nothing. It's like, you're, you're going to feel like you've been working out. And it was not nothing. It was like, I was like, I wish that he would have been honest and mentally prepared me so that I could be mentally prepared as opposed to thinking I was just going to be sore, like after working out. Right. So there's a lot of, um, I think being very ethical and honest, which is, I, I feel being a, a, a patient that you encompass it. And you have now this huge group of women that are sick and with breast implant illness, which some believe um, it's true. Some don't. Um, some believe that it's not their implants and not everybody that has implants is going to get sick. Right. But you have these women and uh, you're just so kind and, and Thank you. you believe them. And uh, that well, is a, like mean, something that's really you, important. I, I do, but also I've also seen them get better. And I, I probably, if you had asked me eight years ago, before I got really, you know, knee deep in this, I, I don't know that I would have the same answer because I just see I just see it every day, and patients are getting better, and feeling better, and and just their lives really are changing. I mean, like you know, plastic surgery is life altering in in many respects, no matter what you do. But like this is like there's a difference between building self confidence. And changing your life so that you can actually get out of bed in the morning and function and take care of your family and go to work and all that. And, you know, there's some people that are, have been really sick who really, it was really just, you know, killing their life. Well, without getting really long-winded with this, I, I suffered from BII and I was extremely sick. And when I came into your office, I mean... I have pictures. I'm like, my skin is gray. My eyes are dark. I, I mean, I was really sick. I couldn't get out of bed at times. I couldn't walk because I had these burning sensation at the bottom of my feet all the time. I couldn't move my hands in the morning. They would hurt so, so badly. The day after surgery, I am, my color is different. My right. eyes are different. And I'm a different human being. Like, I couldn't, I, I, lost participation in my son's life for almost two years because right. I, 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 I hear that all the time yeah and it was killing me I'm like my time is limited you know so um I want to thank you for that and you know you have it's been life altering and you did such a great job on top of it if I may say so myself you know <laughs> okay. my husband thanks you okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um I'm just excited for everybody to continue to Listen, watch the podcast. You're going to have some spectacular guests. It's going to be fun. And, and thank you for doing this, right? Oh, my God. I love I would, doing I this. I probably never would have done it if it wasn't for you. I know. I kind of talked him into. Sort of. Pushed yeah. him a little bit. But, you know, it just took a little poke here and there. A little bit. All right, I mean, you guys. It's just my second job. Yeah. Or, or third. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, Dr. Brenner, why don't you tell your listeners where they can find you? So uh, if you need to get a hold of me, the best thing is to call my office, and our office phone number is area code 310-777-5400. You can also go to my website, which is the letter K, letter B, my initials, at kevinbrennermd.com. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, um, and you can DM me through there, but the most expeditious way is just to call the office. All right, great. Well, um, we're looking forward to entertaining you guys, and we have 
some spectacular guests that I can't wait to get to next week. I know. It's going to be fun. I know. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Beyond the OR with Dr. B. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, connect with Dr. B on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Kevin Brenner MD and KevinBrennerMD.com. Until next time.